Did I scare you? Just kidding. Here's a spine-tingling treat for you this October, just in time for the spookiest holiday of the year. ISSA has conjured up an exclusive promotion and has a sweet Halloween surprise for you. Simply use the code SPEC50, that's S-P-E-C-5-0, at checkout when enrolling in any specialization course, and you'll enjoy a delightful discount. But don't wait, this offer is only valid until October 31st. That's S-P-E-C-50, SPEC50. Thanks for your fantastic support, and now let's move on to today's episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Liebel, here with uh, Dan the Mandarin is back. How are you? I am great, Jenny. I'm doing really, really well. And, and I have to say, it's amazing how, not just how the world works, but the fitness industry, right? So what I'm holding, and y'all can't see it that are listening to the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, you know what this is, Anthony? I do. Uh, 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, our guest, Anthony Carey, was hosting, teaching a workshop at Idea World. And I got, he handed me the Idea World Inspiration Medal. Nice. And I was brand new, fairly new in the, 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 the private world of fitness. And it, I mean, I still have it, obviously. It was, <laughs> it was very important to me, and it still is. And then over the years, I got to know Anthony even better and he was actually part of the education that I went through as a personal trainer and continuing education. So I'm excited is what I'm trying to say. That's awesome. I love that you kept that. <laughs> yeah, it actually hangs on my wall with all the race medals. And I just pulled it down before the podcast. Well, you deserved it, my friend. Ah, thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Well, Anthony, thank you so much, or AC, as some people like to call you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited because I've heard nothing but amazing things about you. So speaking of, for people who may not be as familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now? Well, thank you for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure to speak with um, fellow pros and passionate individuals about what we do and how we help people. But um, I've been in the industry a really long time, over 30 years now. Uh, started out with an undergraduate degree in exercise physiology and corporate wellness. Moved to San Diego from New Jersey and got my graduate degree in biomechanics and athletic training. Not Long after that, I kind of started working with a guy named Peter Goscu here in San Diego, exposed me my sort of my vision and the paradigm of how I wanted to uh, kind of address the body, learned a lot about it that way. It was, he was a little bit of a forward thinker in terms of function because really looked at the integration of the parts, was primarily working with people in chronic pain um, as part of who comes there. Uh, after a few years working there, um, really felt like we could sort of build a better mousetrap a little bit on our own. And uh, a couple of guys broke off. We started Function First as far back as 1994. And I've uh, been working essentially with that type of clientele for that long. Started educating in the early 2000s. Came out with Cortex, uh, which is our, our reactive product in 2010-ish uh, was the first iteration of that. I've uh, been traveling around a lot with the opportunity and the privilege to speak to many of our colleagues 
uh, both in the U.S. and abroad, uh, probably just like you guys. And um, I continue to see some clients. I continue to also work on the other business. I, we have an online curriculum called the Pain-Free Movement Specialist. And uh, I'm just passionate about movement and as a vehicle to help people. I love that. So the biggest thing, though, yeah. I see one thing I want to clear up. People should not be in pain all the time. Correct? Period. <laughs> okay. Just throwing that out there because there's some people, like, obviously, you built your whole career around this. There's people out there who, like, just live with it. Oh, this hurts. Oh, this aches. Like, oh, I'll just work around it or I'll, like, work through it. That's not normal, right? <laughs> no, it's it's really not. And it's it's really more complex than most people think. And there's certainly all kind. there's a whole sort of spectrum you could think about in terms of people in pain to there's people that are literally immobilized that through what's called high impact pain, where their lives are are detrimentally affected with what they can do. And then there's a huge, there's like, there's literally 51 million people in the U.S. who live with chronic pain, right? So, I mean, when you talk about the opportunity to influence lives, there you go, um, right there with that, with numbers like that. So, People tend to say it's a, a function of aging or it's hereditary or uh, my job causes me to feel like this because I do it all the time. And, it, and, it, and it's way more complex than that. But you are absolutely right that we do not have to be living in pain all day, every day by any means. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything specific in your career that like inspired you to want to work specifically with pain management and movement and exercise? Yeah. and And. Not to be uh, not to push back, but I, I'm not a big fan of the word or even the the way that we describe what we do as pain management because it's it's almost a term that's that's dictated a little bit more towards the medical professionals. Number sure. one, and number two, it also assumes a uh, sort of a dealing with it kind of thing. And our goal through again as exercise as the vehicle is is uh, you know how do we how do we move people forward versus just managing where they're at. And there are people that are at, at a point in time where they do have to they do have to manage. Um, where they're at to get to the next level. But when it comes to the ability to influence people's lives through exercise, it even gets broader than that in terms of, of how we create a really positive cascade in their response. Uh, if we do it kind of smart, st- strategically, systematically around where their limitations are. And the unique thing about pain is that it's not unique in that as, as it's part of the human experience, it has no cultural, ethical, socioeconomic, socioeconomic uh, priorities of who gets it and who doesn't. And so it's a part of the human experience. And, and there's certain global assumptions we can make as it applies. But then when you get down to the nitty gritty, it is very much a unique experience for each person. Wow. So you mentioned over 50, did you say, I think it was 51, over 50 million people in chronic pain. That's not just sporadic pain or I've got an ouchie that bothers me once in a while. It's chronic pain, right? So it's happening almost consistently. That's more than the population of the state of California. It's quite a bit more than the population. So consider that spread out across the U.S. We're talking about a lot of people. Exactly. And for trainers who, you know, largely who we're speaking to today, what are the opportunities for them to be able to help these 50 million plus people with their pain? Well, to, to put it in perspective, like what do we hear, hear most about in terms of like the biggest threat to uh, mortality, which is going to be cardiovascular disease, right? Cardiovascular disease is only half of that, right? So, of course, cardiovascular disease is looking at quantity of life, like how long you're going to live. 
And if you're looking at pain, for example, that's quality of life. But one, the quality of life will directly impact the ability for somebody to have a longer life because they're going to get all the comorbidities go that go along with you know not eating well, not and and you know we see things with depression and all that sort of stuff. So from an exercise standpoint, you know certain people are going to just feel better because they're they're finally moving a little bit, right? They're getting all the other benefits of exercise, and then just like anything, and as we as we describe sort of that that continuum, as people go further up the scale in terms of frequency of pain. Um, uh, degree of pain limitations that they have. And it, obviously you've got to dial in a little bit more background, a little bit more education and that sort of thing. And, and one of the reasons why we came out with the pain-free movement specialist was because as amazing and as beneficial as the, the concept or the, the, the tool of, a, of corrective exercise is, um, when you don't understand the pain experience and sort of how you have to gradually expose people to things, it, it goes away from just a purely mechanical model to really kind of understanding a little bit more of, of what's impacting this individual. So obviously that brings in some of the coaching stuff that you guys, you guys do and, and understanding rapport building and giving p- people a chance to express themselves. But also there's so much fear and there's so much that goes on with the brain and the nervous system that the way to circumvent that in a way is is doing it through exercises that the body is receptive to versus saying, oh, your hip flexors are tight and, and look at your forward head and we got to pull that back. And sometimes that's just not possible for some of these people. So there's certain barriers you have to break down first to really get their nervous system, their brain, their psyche uh, to be responsive to what you're asking them to, to do. And, and, and there's, you know, there's nuances to that that takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of understanding of, of the human body and the human psyche. I like that you point that out, AC, because I think a lot of people when they walk into a gym are scared to go talk to a trainer because they're afraid that they're going to like put them up against a wall, one of those alignment charts or stand there and be like, oh, all right, let me walk around you real quick and be like, oh, this is off. This is off. This is like basically right. tell them all the reasons that they suck. Um, <laughs> and that's when you just said that, that's what that reminds me of, like being told all the things that you're not good at or that you're you're off on. Right. Your posture's bad. Your head's forward. Your rounded shoulders, et cetera instead of just using movement to help them correct it. So I love that you point that out. Um, and I think that can be a barrier for clients when they're thinking about hiring a trainer or, or they need help. And they're like, ah, I just don't want to be told how bad I am at this. But have you seen any barriers for fitness professionals, like on the other side of it, addressing pain-free movement or corrective exercise or anything? To, is, has there been resistance to it? I, I don't know if I would call it resistance. First of all, I'd like to say that I admittedly was one of those people that you just described back at the Uh-oh. beginning, right? <laughs> but that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. So whether it was experience plus the literature and all that, but yeah, I, I was even, uh, you know, you could refer to me as the posture Nazi. I was going around and telling everybody about what they were doing wrong. And, and you know, and that and that's sort of, I don't know, maybe that's a function of getting a really good academic stronghold in, in understanding the science and then really not having enough experience working with people and, and understanding where they're coming from. But uh, that that's days gone past now. But I think instead of a resistance, I would describe it more as an apprehension that trainers have, right? They they don't want to they don't want to hurt anybody, right? And then there's also a bit of a misconception. I would certainly say misconception through social media and that we hear a lot is that like strength is the panacea for everything, right? And that strength is extremely important, right? But there's so many 
so many people that are promoting that if you just get stronger uh, and when you when you deal with people that have been challenged and, and again have this apprehension and they have this what we refer to as hypervigilance in the way they move super cautious that you know putting them putting a barbell on their shoulders or asking them to move move loads through space is is intimidating and scary to the point where they don't want to do it and and if a trainer thinks that and if a trainer feels that that's their only pathway to helping this person then they're going to be like I can't help you or I don't want to help you because I'm going to refer you to somebody else where where exercise is is just an amazing vehicle but it it comes in dosages like medications and we figure out the ways that we can that we can apply the right things to the right people at the right time and it's it profoundly impacts their quality of life wow so it it, it makes me think about Anthony, like when I first became a trainer and started working with folks that were overweight and watching kind of the the transformation, not only in their body, but their 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 personality, their confidence and back to posture, their posture changed because they walked prouder, uh, you know, and so forth. And so that fed me that made me happy. Can you tell us about that experience? in helping others with chronic pain and what the before and afters, and maybe some examples of some before and afters that you've worked with and, and that that change that you've been able to witness. Yeah, well, I, I often use a similar example. So think how, how rewarding that was for you as a professional, right? But also think of how long it took. Now it's happening gradually, but when that person finally gets to that point where they're willing to do that after photo or get their picture taken, you know, or whatever it is where they felt they had, I mean, that that's, that's amazing. And it is life-changing for people with pain. It can be so much faster. Now the difference is it may not be permanent, right? But you start, people get like this immediate feedback. So imagine you're working with a person who's overweight and you do a few exercises with them and it's like automatically they lost 10 pounds. If only, goodness. If only, right. And then over the next 24 hours, it eventually comes back on. But then they they after a couple of weeks, now they're losing 30 pounds after, and then only only 20 of it comes back. And then it's that's sort of the progression. So you we can impact people where they can be done with an exercise program, right? Immediately finished zero to ten on on a pain scale where they came in at a seven and they finished and they could be out of pain completely, right? And, that, and again, it doesn't mean it's permanent, but think about the the amount of hope and encouragement that that gives a person. Just like if they lo- suddenly they lost 10 pounds and you said, look, you're going to lose 10 pounds, but it's going to come back tomorrow. But at least, you know, this works. Right. And they're like, yeah. And then eventually it's going to stay up. Cool. I'm going to do this. I'm sold. I'm committed. I'm going to do what it takes because I get that kind of feedback. So we obviously we've had the, the good fortune. I've worked with people from 33 states and 17 countries over the years that have flown into San Diego. To work with this. So, you know, it's not like they, they got a Facebook ad out in, in Pakistan. It was somebody that we helped here that told a family member there that came across, uh, flew across to work with this, with that sort of thing. But I mean, it, it, it's been amazing just uh, everything from professional athletes and, and professional performers to people that live down the street from the studio that have come in to see us. And uh, it, it and generally what we see in all fairness is are people that have really exhausted sort of traditional routes, right? So, and, and that's another thing going back to your point, Jenny. One of the one of the apprehensions is we have, we have two sides of the of the coin with trainers. One is 
they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing with certain people, right? And then you have the other side of it where they might be, there's so much fear that they're going to hurt somebody or they don't want to get anywhere near this person that it's too risky that they're they're only going to work with like super healthy people or athletes, right? And so there, there is a, there's a place where people have gone through physical therapy, they've They've gone through their chiropractic care, their whatever it is, and you know they're sort of either discharged from their from their treating protocols, whoever worked with them, and now they they still want to be move and they still want to be productive, but they can't keep doing like the same old PT exercises in their living room for the rest of their lives, right? But they also still haven't reached their goals of how they yeah. feel. So as fitness pros, we have a, we have this ability to kind of first of all change the mindset. You've gone from therapy to now you're exercising. You're in, you're in, you're a fitness person now, and now, and as with that, we can introduce them to a little aerobic exercise, which is going to do wonders for the for the brain chemistry, right? Where they're going to get some social interaction because now they're with they're at the club and they're and they're amongst all these other healthy people. But we remember the whole first impression thing as a fitness pro. We got to sort of let them know. Here's what here's your expectations. And, and Dan, you can you've done a great uh, job with this over the years is really develop how let them see ahead of time where they're going to go. Right. And, and what they don't have to worry about and what we can focus on and that kind of thing. After millions of years of evolution, humans have evolved to walk, move and run barefoot. But modern, narrow, cushioned shoes have impacted foot function and are contributing to a movement-focused health crisis in the process. That's why Bebo Barefoot has designed footwear that is wide to provide natural stability, thin to enable you to feel more, and flexible to help you build your natural strength from the ground up. Studies show that foot strength increases by 60% in a matter of months just by walking around it. Feel ready to take your first steps towards a healthier, more natural lifestyle? Vivo Barefoot's online platform, Vivo Health, has courses, tools, and workshops that will help you achieve your human potential. Start your journey with Vivo Health's personalized foot assessment tool to see if Barefoot is right for you. Plus, we have a special offer for all ISSA members. Get 15% off your favorite Vivo Barefoot footwear using code ISSA15. You can also enjoy a huge 40% discount on any one Vivo Barefoot educational course of your choice with code ISSA40. Visit VivoBarefoot.com backslash ISSA today and start the journey to better foot health. I like it. There's a lot that goes into this. It's not just the average entry-level personal trainer that's going to be working with people for you know, pain-free movement. So can you talk to us a little bit about the pain-free movement specialist? And if someone out there is interested in learning more about this, what are they going to learn and what can they take away from this? You're absolutely right. You you want a little experience, right? You don't want your first client to be somebody that's been in chronic pain for 20 years uh, because that can be challenging as well. Um, But really what's unique about our program is we do use corrective exercise. So if somebody's familiar with corrective exercise, you get the sort of have the understanding of the lens from which you want to view people through. But with the pain-free movement specialist, a big part of what's unique about our process is, is the coaching aspect that goes along with it. So sharing the pain science. So the pain science is a whole nother conversation where it's not just about purely mechanics. With with the pain science, we look at the the, the, the individual in front of us through a, a three-legged stool or a lens that is a biopsychosocial lens, all of which are highly interdependent. What we have always done, both first in the medical community, but also in the fitness community, is pure bio, right? So we're looking at the physiology, we're looking at the biomechanics. Somebody comes in, I've got osteoporosis or I've got osteopenia, uh, whatever it is um, related to, I've got inflammation, all that's the bio side. 
the psycho side is is the psychology, the beliefs, the expectations, the attitude around healing. Whose fault is it? Can I ever get better? The social is the social pressures, the social implications. Am I going to be able to work and feed my family? Is Am I going to be able to stand at this gathering that I'm obligated to go to for work? Is this sort of part of my ethnic background? Think I'm supposed to suck it up and live with it? You know, all those kind of pressures that go with it. And, and so if we just look at somebody and say, your hips are tight, you know, you, you miss the other two legs of the stool. So we, we constantly focus on that. With that, then we do we do go through the biomechanical assessments and look at movement and, and posture because it does give us some insight into what movement is going to do. But the I, I would say sort of the secret sauce of what, what we do is really the strategic sequencing of the exercises and the way that we put them in a very specific order. We create this gradual or graded exposure to what's going on. We get the motor system and the psychological system or, or the mindset of the client who's in pain and, and kind of apprehensive to move. And we build upon that all within a given session. So very often people think about th those concepts over the course of weeks. We'll do it in a given session. Nice. That makes perfect sense. And I love that. And I think that's something that a lot of trainers struggle with anyway, in general, is like order, exercise order, <laughs> right? there Because there is a rhyme to the, the reason. There should be anyway. Um, so I love that you guys are using that to the advantage and taking advantage of the physiology in that approach. Yeah. And even, but to that, again, the readiness of the client to do something, right? So if you have somebody in pain, or even if they're not in pain and they're just their first time in the gym and the, and you take them into the, into drop them in a class with 75 other people and 130 beats a minute music going on, right? They're not going to move the way you want them to move, right? And this is the same thing with the person in pain. You want to start them off and sort of wet their feet a little bit. And then you start to, you start to ascend that program progressively because that that gets their software their motor system but it also gets their mindset building confidence and and feeling safe and then being more authentic in the way they move and what we're trying to elicit from those exercises as well so something occurred to me when you were explaining the three-legged stool is it legged or legged ah the eternal question <laughs> the three-legged stool and the how it also ties in, even though this isn't what we're here to talk about, but it's the same principle with folks that struggle with obesity or being overweight, right? But all we yes. think about is the exercises. Yeah. When the neck up fitness truly, the psychological social components are what need to, in my opinion, be addressed even more. So I I love this. And for the listeners out there, you know, don't be thinking that what Anthony is talking about is only applied in in pain. Uh, you know. Uh, helping people with pain or chronic pain, this transcends into a lot of areas that you work in. Don't forget the psychological and social components. Uh, I'm going to jump I get, you know, a little bit off the tracks into another topic, uh, Anthony, and that is the cortex, which you're the founder and inventor of. I have one in my home gym. Gosh, I think I've had that about eight years now, nine years, eight, something like yes. that. I've had it for a long time. Definitely love using it. So can you tell us more about the cortex? <clears throat> Sure. Well, again, um, you know, movement being the, the tool of choice for us, the, the idea of introducing variability to movement was a big aspect of even what we do with the corrective exercises. So, you know, with, with the pain-free movement specialists, we would change exercises every two weeks, not because somebody got so much better at them, it's because we wanted to introduce that variability. And variability, the, the value in that is it, it, it sort of expands what the, what the body is exposed to and therefore can develop strategies around it, right? So uh, we took, we, I took this 
this concept of the, it's a 30 inch platform, as you know, Dan, and it tilts, slides and rotates all at the same time. Nothing else does that. And the idea was to introduce ways that the body could solve new problems. So if I'm doing an exercise, whether it's a plank or push up, I'm working on balance, the, the continual input of the variability around the cortex does things like unloads the same structures from being used consistently. If I do 10 push-ups like this, I'm pretty much using the same, same exact structures in a consistent way. I do 10 push-ups on a cortex that does all this. I've just dissipated the stress, but at the same time, my body has had to figure out how to react to the changes in the platform and then solve a problem for the new, the new environment that I'm in, which is continually changing. So there's this ongoing pitch and catch with the user and the platform, and it keeps people engaged. Um, there's ways to scale it. So we, we, sometimes you get all oh, that looks too advanced for me, or, or we, you know, we don't live on a wobbly surface. Why, why would you train on a wobbly surface? And, and both of those conversations, uh, can be redirected <laughs> towards the need to introduce either that variability or scale it with the handrail and those kind of things that, that make it available. So we're thrilled about it. We're, you know, we're all over the world. We're in professional sports teams. Still haven't penetrated as much of the market as we want. That's everybody's goal. But you know, we've we've got uh, we've got some really um, impressive athletes that are using it, and we've got some people that use it in their home that it's absolutely solved them, saved them from a hip replacement or something like that. So it's been very rewarding as well. What a cool situation! So I think the biggest thing that you just said, I think you just shot down the people that would say that we don't live in a wobbly world why would we train that way um by the way that it works the way that it challenges your brain to constantly like if you're doing a push-up on this platform and every single push-up is different right the every the concentric the eccentric it feels different to your body every single time that's why <laughs> right exactly and we right. don't we don't live on a wobbly surface surface but we live in an uneven world i would say <laughs> and there's definitely opportunities for us to do things like we don't always squat with our feet parallel right sometimes they're off center sometimes one foot higher than the other etc so it may not be moving but it's uneven that's for darn sure so i could exactly. absolutely see a, a case for for training like this but how frequently would somebody use something like this is it something that like a high level athlete could use every time they train or would it be something less frequent depends what the purpose is because uh, that's another thing the way like one of the secret weapons behind the cortex is the mobility work, right? So you can do the mobility work every single day. And I can promise anybody, anybody, you will get the best hip mobilizing work on this thing that you've ever experienced in your life. And it's because you, because of all the different motions that are available, you can hit the tissue along all these different vectors. We say it's like Christmas for your hips. It feels like <laughs> good when you're done. And somebody gets off and I'm gonna say, you're gonna want a cigarette when you're done. It feels <laughs> good, right? Because, because that's the kind of the experience. So obviously mobility stuff you can do every day. You know, your core stuff is challenging enough. You, you could do it frequently, but we, we do have a lot of people that will use it daily because, for example, standing on it and doing some rotations really influences your thoracic spine that gets gunked up all day from doing what we're doing, sitting in front of a computer, right? So there's different applications and depending on how you're going to program it. Um, you could, you could, I use it every day. <laughs> Because I have one here, um, and I'm and I love it. But uh, there's plenty of people that will program it in certain certain days of the week. So it all depends on how you want that environment to to be part of your program. And, and Anthony, you also you you created the Cortex, a 30 inch platform. And for the listeners out there, I know it's hard for us to just use you know 
uh, speech to describe something. So go to the website. I think it's cortex.com. Cortexfitness.com. Uh, cortexfitness.com. Check it out. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about that at the end. But there's another product that that you launched uh, fairly recently. Well, it seems like recently, the way yep. time flies. Can you talk a little bit about the Cortex Sit? Yeah, so the Cortex Sit is the same under the same premise, which is creating variability in our sitting environment, right? So it's a much smaller 14 and a half inch disc and it's convex. So it's got a little, little half minor dome shape on the top and you can put it on most chairs and it, it, it has the same patented motion, which is the tilt, slide and rotation all at the same time. And so by sitting on something like that and naturally responding to me reaching for my phone or turning to somebody to get my attention, I get, I get all this sort of much smaller range of motion, but all this reactive response and instead of being sort of locked in with my spine and my hips in the same position in a chair for hours at a time, I can we can put the port, cortex sit on the chair for 10 minutes, right? And and I can introduce this variability to my and circ, improvements in circulation, hydration to the tissue. I get this variability. My abs kick in a little bit. It's shaped the way it's shaped because it also has a, a tremendous influence on the pelvic floor for all those uh, trainers out there that have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about that and what a... Um, as sort of as a sidebar, that has become so much more prevalent in, in the conversation. Not that it hasn't been a problem, but it, it's out of the shadows in the last few years, especially in the physical therapy world. And now, you know, there's so many, especially postpartum moms and postpartum could be 15 years postpartum. They're they're sort of thinking this is the way it's supposed to be. So pelvic floor uh, activities and strengthening is something that all of us should be aware of anyway. And so the, the aspect of the shape of the cortex sit has value towards uh, tactile feedback, doing your traditional kegels and whatnot on that is very beneficial as well. So some people are using it at home in front of their computer. Some people are using it for very kind of specific and purposeful exercises for either the low back or the pelvic floor. You and finally then, found something that's better than sitting on an exercise ball. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and for, the, for the listeners out there, I'm just going to call it out a bit and give you a, a real world example. I can remember I started training a a mom, and uh, she wasn't a uh, real recent force bottom and that part of and I asked her to do some jumping jacks. She said, I can't because I pee myself. And I'm like, oh, I have some learning to do here. <laughs> and that's exactly what Anthony's talking about. If you haven't experienced it, you probably will. Yeah. And, and I, and even today, I've, and on the function first side, I've had, I've had clients come in and they don't realize that that's part of the, the health history to understand about low back pain as well. Right. And so many of them, younger moms and older moms, just accept it as a way of life. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to refer you to a physical therapist, pelvic floor physical therapist to start so that you can do some very local and specific stuff. And and you'll be surprised what a dramatic impact that has on your quality of life as well. So, yeah, trainers should be aware of that it's outside of our scope. But if we if we realize, you know, if you're you can core train all day long, but if the if the bottom of the cylinder is is leaky. Well, figuratively and literally, <laughs> uh, you're going to have challenges meeting those goals that you have with your clients. Absolutely. But I also like things like this too. Like I'm looking at the website right now because this is my first time hearing about the SIT. Um, I knew about the cortex, but not the SIT, which is awesome. But it's something that is so simple. Like to your point, you can use it while you're sitting in front of your computer. You don't have to sit on it all day, but it's something that's easy to use and incorporate in your day versus like if I told you half the stuff that was in my garage right now for core training right? We have the little balance board where you're supposed to put your, I forget what it's called. We put your phone on it and it's got, like, you're supposed to play games and yeah. like challenge your core. Do you know how much dust that thing has on it? 
It's moot <laughs> if you don't use it, right? right. And right. I don't know about you. I have not used it. I don't think I've ever used it. I think my husband's used it once. So what's the point, right? If you're not going to use it, um, just like sitting on an exercise ball. I think I've done that twice ever. And then I'm like, okay, that's too low, right? It doesn't work for me. It doesn't fit in my chair, obviously. Um, so we're looking for things that we can actually use that will absolutely have an impact. And something so simple like this is a great way to do it. Um, so I love that. I love that you made it a more like user-friendly portable version, if you will. Thank you. Well, and you bring up a great point for for our industry as a whole that we've as we've matured, reduce the friction, right? Reduce the friction mm-hmm. of people using things or doing things that are in their best interest. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Very true. Like so, Anthony, can you share with our listeners uh, how they can find you, how they can learn more about the pain free movement specialists, the cortex, the cortex sit? Uh, might be a couple of places they need to go, but. We'd love it if you could share that with our listeners. Sure. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, our education-based website for trainers, and there's lots of free content on there that they can poke around and get some get some background on this stuff, is functionfirsted.com. So all spelled out, function first, all spelled out, ed.com. Uh, as soon as you go on there, you'll see an opportunity for a lot of free things to, to dive into a little bit deeper to sort of wet your whistle on, on the subject matter, uh, if you would. My site for clients is just functionfirst.com. Um, that's a little bit more sort of client facing. And then uh, cortexfitness.com. Uh, again, there's there's also some plenty of uh, videos on our, our how you can use it. There's lots of background on the different applications. And, and again, sort of giving people, whether it's postpartum, whether it's work from home for the sit, for the cortex, whether it's whether it's mobility, whether it's senior fitness, there's a lot of different ways that you can explore and kind of poke around and, and get some information as it might apply to you, any any given population that you work with. What about your social channels? Because I do see that you post uh, quite a bit of stuff up on various channels. Yeah, we're on Facebook, we're Cortex Fitness, Cortex.Fitness, I think. And um, on Instagram, we're reactive underscore training. Is the cortex or is the cortex and, and cortex underscore sit is the uh, cortex sit and I'm function dot first uh, where I post a little bit of personal and a little bit of professional. There's a little bit of mixture. Nice. Do you have any plans for any more uh, in person teaching opportunities? Where are you going to be doing any sessions or anything in person anytime soon? Actually, I don't think I have anything for the rest of this year that I'm aware of the, i did see dan at the functional aging institute which was great yeah, nice. um, and to and to be part of that this year um i'm we're going to be doing some things that are a little bit more trade show oriented where i, I will get to interact we're going to do the uh international council on active aging um which is a uh as you guys probably know there's sort of a an organization like yours but 100 focused on the active aging community and they, and they work with vendors and everything that way. And then uh, we'll also be doing some stuff with the private practice in the physical therapy world too. But I think in terms of live education, I may be done for the year, kind of a double-edged sword, right? Um, a lot of travel in the past and post COVID everything's changed a bit and, and uh, I miss it to a degree and, uh, and some of it I don't. So it's hard to, you know, it's, yeah. it's mixed emotions when it comes to as many, you know, Used to do a whole lot of that, um, a lot of road trips, a lot of airplanes, a lot of countries, uh, and Dan shaking his head. I know we've, we've yeah. seen each other in different places as well. So it's still a, I, I think um, for, for your trainers out there, I think when they have an opportunity to attend 
an occasional live course. It, it is a different experience, right? There's so much benefit yeah, to, yeah. to us being in front of a computer, but uh, and learning when we can and when we're ready. But man, the energy and the enthusiasm and the idea sharing when you do stuff in person is is a is a gift as well. Yeah, there's a whole generation of fitness professionals who have never attended live anything for education, and it's. I hope that changes because yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's a it's a different an, animal, and I love it, and it's super exciting. So we'll keep an eye out for you, though. Make sure you post about it if you're going to be somewhere cool. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you so much. And we'll make sure to send people your way. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, AC, for joining us. What an absolute honor and pleasure, guys. You did a great job keeping entertaining and educating the crew out there. <laughs> absolutely. We try. We try, right, Dan? <laughs> we do. We do. We do try. Dan, do you have any takeaways today? Any last words for our listeners? Uh, don't you know it, Jenny? I always do. So <laughs> that for the listeners, uh, it's it's more of a reinforcement. And, ho- and hopefully this became an awareness for you out there. There are. As Anthony said, over 50 million people out there in chronic pain. We're in the business we're in because we love helping people, uh, helping them change, right? They do the work. They create the change. We create the environment. We try to be a GPS. And if you want to see people truly change and help the people that are desperate for it, this is an area. Briefly, I watched my mother go through it for more than a decade. She would have done anything and paid anything to get out of the pain she was in, in her case, in her low back and in her back. People will are desperate. Pain is, think about it, 24 hours a day, something hurts, okay? 24 hours a day, something hurts. They're desperate. So A, it's a business opportunity. And B, if you really want to help people, give this one some consideration. I would agree with that. I think the biggest thing is at the top when, when Anthony, I love that you called it out, that I said pain management. You were like, I don't like to think about it like that. That completely changed, shifted the way that I would, I will now approach pain, right? Because it's not pain management. We don't want to just manage it, right? right. Let's work to get rid of it. <laughs> Let's work to address the source of it. Um, so exactly. I love that. Well, because I will now start to think about it as pain-free movement. Um, so I love that. And I appreciate you calling that out. Um, that's a really good call out. Thank, so you. Thank, thank you again for joining us. This has been super, super fun. Guys, check out the education. There's a lot out there. This is what we're sharing with you. There's so much more to know. Don't stop learning. So, or as Dan likes to say, always be learning, right, Dan? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Always. Nice. But thank you guys for listening. This has been fun. Go back, re-listen, and gather all the, the information that you can. Go out there into the world, do all the things, and above all, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.